The city of Buffalo paid an employee more than half a million dollars over the last seven years, even though she was not working. Jill Repman, formerly known as Jill Parisi, was put on administrative leave back in 2016 after the city accused her of tampering with the payroll in order to pad her paycheck. For weeks, reporter Jeff Kelly has worked to uncover the complexities of a phantom employee who garnered hundreds of thousands of dollars without working for years. From complexity and confusion to stonewalling and mystery, Kelly has been searching for someone who exists in record, but who no one wants to talk about. Uh, it was a personnel matter, oftentimes difficult to talk about personnel matters, complicated personnel matter. Uh, employee was on administrative leave, has been out for a long period of time. Uh, they are now uh, back for Investigative Post, this is Reporter's Notebook. Take me back to the beginning. Where did the Parisi story start? Uh, and, you know, where were you when you got that information? Well, the Parisi story started the way many stories start, with a phone call from a, a source who said, who said, Jeff, you know, not for nothing, you might want to look into this situation. And it was someone in City Hall who was uh, familiar familiar with with uh, the Jill Parisi case, but only in a sort of peripheral kind of way. Uh, knew that she was still on the payroll and referred me back to uh, the charges levied against her in 2016. So I started then and there, like looking back first at, uh, at the coverage of uh, the allegations against her. She was accused of tampering with payroll uh, in order to pad her paycheck. And, uh, and then I started looking at payroll records to see, is it true? Is she still on the payroll low these many years later? And at first, I had difficulty finding her, but it turns out that's because she had changed her last name from Parisi to Repman, which is her maiden name, at least for the purposes of city payroll a few years back. Once I figured that out, um, then I could see, yes, there she was. And from there, it was just a matter of starting to make phone calls. What's the deal? What happened? Is this true? Why is she still on the payroll? Yeah. So if right at the beginning, you could tell through city records that she was on the payroll, what created uh, the blockades for the story to continue after that point? Well, because at some point, I had to... Um, I had to get someone on the record addressing this question. That, you know, and the original source for a story like this is not typically someone who's ready to go on the record. You know, uh, and no current official who I spoke with, uh, whether it was the mayor's office, the law department, the fire commissioner, the human resources commissioner, nobody would would even acknowledge the questions I was asking. They would not acknowledge that she was a city employee. She would, they would not talk to me about her employment status. They wouldn't tell me whether she was an employee even though she was collecting a check every two weeks. So you could see that. You could, could see that through I could city, see it. But, but no one No, they told to me to file a freedom of information request just to learn whether she worked for the city. And so the problem was, you know, the story, as, as you may recall, was actually sort of written. Mm -hmm. A couple of weeks before we actually published it, yeah, and but there was this hole in the middle. Why are we sure she's not working? 
She, maybe she's working from home. Maybe she's working from a mobile trailer, you know, <laughs> crisscrossing the United States. Maybe she's performing some duty for the city of Buffalo, but nobody will tell me. And furthermore, nobody would acknowledge for certain what had happened back in 2016 or 2017 when this case should have been adjudicated, when it should have been arbitrated. Uh, because the city brought charges against her. What happened? There was this hole in the middle of the story, and our lawyers and, frankly, our editor, Jim Heaney, and, and I, as the reporter, we were not comfortable with that, so we had to press a little harder. And that meant going and knocking on doors. So when you got to that hole uh, and you felt uneasy about what is at the bottom of that hole, did the story start to expand in scope? Did this start with just someone that possibly might be getting a paycheck and not working, and when you got to that hold, did it start to widen out and think, is it this thing bigger? It certainly did, because it certainly widened. And I'll tell you, because although no one was speaking to us on the record, lots of people were speaking to me. Not always people who had a full understanding of the story, and in the absence of concrete information, all kinds of theories about why this happened uh, had propagated and they were all shared with me, again, by people who were off the record, uh -huh. right? Uh, whether they were present or past uh, fire department employees, whether they were past or present uh, city hall employees, uh, folks who knew the family in you know, South Buffalo people. There's a big family in South Buffalo, the Parisis, and the Rutman's a little less so, but still, uh, people know who they are. South Buffalo is a tight little community, especially among municipal workers. And so uh, I started getting all these stories, and, and, and uh, none of, most of which do not make it into the final report, right? right. Because they're not right. verifiable, and in some cases, maybe not germane. Right. Uh, but yeah, the, so the story kept kind of, at least underneath, spreading out. Yeah, yeah. In interesting ways. Yeah, I'm sure. And, and in ways, by the way, that I hope will at some point see the light of day in, in, in future reports. Well, you and I had talked about after, you know, and you had started knocking on those doors and going to City Hall and trying to get other people to get on the record. Um, you and I had spoken about different doors that would open up down the hallway once this story publishes. Um, and you had mentioned one of your sources possibly flipping on the record. And I know that you were really interested in that. But with a source like that, and with a story like this, what's the bigger context? I mean, is this bigger than just one person taking money and not working for seven and a half years? Sure. I mean, so this individual story is, um, is you know, alarming and uh, eye-catching. And as you say, it may also be indicative or a doorway into uh, a look at this this, this situation as it exists throughout the city payroll. How many people are on extended paid administrative leave and why? In some cases, it's certainly justified. Uh, in some cases, it might be not so justified and it might be caused by like just kind of indifference to solving a, an intractable problem. What do we do with this person? Maybe it's you know the sort of mythical no-show job. Uh, I know that uh, that's what Councilmember Mitch Nowakowski, when he requested uh, that the city controller perform an audit of 
all city employees who are on paid administrative leave. I think that's what he's looking to get at is sort of a, a broad look at how, how prevalent this is and what are the causes and, and when is it justified, when is it not? Yeah. Well, let's circle back to when it started to widen and you're looking at the, the bottom of this hole and figuring, you know, what are we missing in this story? You started to knock on those doors in City Hall. Did that turn up any stone or did it just lead to further blockades? No, no. I mean, it's just further blockades. And, uh, you, you know, you, you've seen the footage. You were there for some of it. Uh, uh, you know, I visited the office of, the, of her union, Ask Me Local 650, a half dozen times. Slipped notes under the door. I, you know, I finally, luckily, like, happened across the, the president of the union, Tracy Healy, while I was waiting on the 22nd floor, writing another note to slip under her door. And she came out of the elevator, and I said, Tracy Healy? And she said, um, walked right past me, into the door, closed it, locked it, and through the door, said, no comment. Goodness. <laughs> I was lucky enough to, uh, to corner Corporation Counsel Kevet Chambers, that's the city's lead attorney, in the elevator with our colleague Jazz. Wow with the camera rolling, was able to interview her, but all she said is, file a Freedom of Information request. I don't remember what you did. I don't recall that you submitted a FOIL request. I don't recall that you submitted a FOIL request, did you? I did not. I don't know why a FOIL request would be required to know whether someone, whether there was an arbitration proceeding. Um, as you know, FOIL requires you to submit a request in writing. Excuse us, for records from a municipality. But a FOIL request is not required for public information. Um, a FOIL request is the means of getting public information. It's not required by law. A FOIL request is the appropriate means if you want to get information. That's How quickly will you, will you satisfy that FOIL request? Will I have to wait a month? I'm sure you know the rules for FOIL. Mike DeGeorge, uh, the mayor's spokesman, uh, wouldn't come out of his office to talk to us, but he called me on the phone so, and said the same thing, freedom of information request. He's not going to answer any questions. Hey, Mike, it's Jeff. I'm standing outside your office. Recording? Uh, yes, I am. But, but you're the communications officer. You're the public information officer. That shouldn't, you're always on the record. That shouldn't be an issue for you. Jeff, and you... You've talked to our corporation counsel, and she gave you our statement, so I think you have enough. You're asking me to file a freedom of information request to find out whether someone who's on the city payroll works for the city. I believe that's what the corporation counsel asked you to do, right? I'm asking you to tell me. Is that what you're asking me to do? You, Mike DeGeorge, are you telling me I need to file a freedom of information request to find out whether someone works for the city who's being paid by the city every other week? Yeah, we just had a conversation with the Corporation Council. Yeah, now I'm having a conversation with you, Mike. Well, we were. So did, the, did the city pursue charges against Jill Parisi, now known as Jill Repman? Jeff, I think you had a conversation with the Corporation Council. I'm asking, I'm asking you that question. Do you know yeah. the answer to it, yes or no? Do you know the answer? You don't have to tell me the answer. Do you know the answer? Corporation Council. Do you know the answer to the question I'm asking, Mike? It's a yes or no question. 
Jeff, I think the Corporation Council asked you for the information. We've covered, we've covered this ground, Mike. I've moved on to a different question. He hung up. Just stonewalling. Garrett, like I've never actually faced before, and I've, I've been stonewalled a lot. Right. But this is something fierce. So you've never been stonewalled like this before, and several times throughout this reporting, uh, I had heard you mention in the newsroom or when we were out getting footage or whatever it was that this story really was getting at you and that you wanted to figure this out more than any other story you'd ever worked on. Why? Because. Because of that. Because I could not get any response whatsoever, not even the kind of Tracy Healy, the, uh, the union president finally says through the locked door, no comment. And my response to her was, was that so hard? That's all you had to do three weeks ago. All I wanted was someone saying, yes, no, I answer the question, yeah. even if it's a non-answer. And I couldn't even get that. So uh, so, yeah, it was quite frustrating, but it also made it kind of fun. Right. And in the end, uh, the way we were able to get some confirmation enough to publish the story was I went to uh, Councilmember Mitch Nowakowski, who's chair of the Civil Service Committee, and asked him, hey, look at this. Look at this story. What do you make of it? What do you know? And he said, I don't know anything about this, but I'll ask. And he was able to get confirmation of some salient details from the administration, pass those, that confirmation on to me, and that enabled us to publish the story. So why do you think Nowakowski goes on the record here and no one else? That's a good question. I mean, I don't understand why, uh, why various people in the Brown administration, from the fire commissioner to his spokesman, Mike DeGeorge, to the law department, why they wouldn't answer simple questions. Huh. You know, it's an embarrassing situation. Maybe it's even more than that. Who knows? Uh, but it's a situation that has is about to find the light of day. Like, there's no question. It's been, it's being reported by us. And so there's got to be some response, right? Right. That, uh, better than no response. Yeah, yeah. They uh, think differently. So... Moving forward, um, I, I know we've talked about different doors that open up down the hall, but what are you looking forward to? Um, actually, better question. Let's hold off on that. Take me to some of the more frustrating moments um, through this story, uh, the things that you were considering doing to get answers, things that journalists usually wait until the 11th hour to consider, like knocking on someone's personal home. Oh, sure. Going to a bar. I, tell me about yeah, that. Yeah, so, I mean, Jill Parisi, now known as Jill Repman, is, was difficult to find. I found where she was, the private job she's been working for six of the seven and a half years she's been on leave, and I, I contacted them. I, con I left messages for her there. Uh, I confirmed that she worked there on the phone, but then I went to their offices too because I thought maybe I can, you know, talk to her in person. Yeah. That gave me more confirmation that she worked there, but I was told she mostly works at home. So where does she live? I looked through property records. I looked through court records because she has a bankruptcy um, and other proceedings. Uh, that have, So she's been in court. 
and I uh, I found some addresses, and I went to them. I went up to a house in Williamsville that I thought was her address, knocked on the door, said, hey, I'm looking for Jill Repman or Jill Parisi, and the guy who answered the door said, she doesn't live here. She sold me this house last month. She's one step ahead of me, Garrett. Oh my! So gosh. I went down to I went to other addresses too, and and looked for her. I couldn't find her. Uh, I I sent emails to various addresses, no response. I reached out to her ex husband uh, over on Facebook. He didn't respond, uh, but you know they divorced a long time ago. Right. It was really kind of a hail mary. Um, it's yeah, it was qu- quite an odyssey. The, that, I spent a lot of time knocking on doors. That sounds like, um, I think it came out in 02 or 03, Catch Me If You Can, with uh, Tom <laughs> Hanks and Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio. Always one step ahead. I, that's, that, I didn't know about the, the sold house uh, yeah. a month before. Wow. Yeah, that was something. So um, I guess I have to ask the question, did you ever find Parisi? No, and I still haven't. Uh, you know, and I hope that at some point I'll get to speak with her about uh, about the situation. Maybe I will, maybe I won't. Next Tuesday, the Civil Service Committee, Civil Service, yeah, yeah. which is chaired by Nowakowski, will meet, and they will uh, discuss the resolution that he submitted this for this last week's council meeting, asking the controller to do an audit of uh, paid administrative leave across city departments. Uh the controller has said that she will do an investigation, not an audit. There will be some, probably be some push and pull about that. Uh, it, it'd be interesting, if unlikely, that the council responds to that by launching their own investigation. They certainly have that ability. They have subpoena power. Hmm. Uh, but uh, though they don't necessarily have the personnel they need, uh, an auditor, a lawyer, et cetera. Um, but we will be looking at that ourselves, right? We will be looking at paid administrative leave in various city departments, how prevalent it is, uh, what it costs, uh, what justifies it. Um, and in the case of sort of extended, like years-long administrative leaves of the sort that, uh, that we found with Jill Parisi, we'll be looking at those individual cases to figure out why and and. and what has been done to try to resolve those cases, to bring people back to work or get them off the payroll um, or to accommodate them uh, so they can continue to work for the city if that's the best solution. We'll be looking at that. But we'll also still be trying to figure out what exactly happened with Jill Parisi. Why her? Why seven and a half years and nobody did anything about it? Will this stick with you if you don't find it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no. So... Coming to a close here, what is the, you know, when you walk away from this story, what's the nugget, the the core of it? Uh, is it Parisi or is it something bigger? Is it the city paying ghost employees, phantom employees? Um, is it uh, wasteful spending? Um, or is it uh, the obstacles that journalism faces to simply find the truth? Well, it's kind of all those things, isn't it? That's what makes the story, that's what made the story both frustrating and fun to report and to write. Uh, but the thing that, that I will carry with me is just that one question. Why? What happened? Who made a decision, and I believe it was a decision, 
just not to resolve the Jill Parisi case, but just to let her go, to let her keep getting paid, even after she'd gone and gotten a private sector job, even though she wasn't working for the city. Who, deci who decided that, or who decided not to decide to do anything?